0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. So we talked about wudu, we talked about adhan We talked about all the necessary steps before salah How we look at salah Now we're ready to start our salah with takbiratul ihram. Takbiratul ihram is the takbir we say Allahu Akbar To get into the salah Now what's interesting is Is we have to recognize As we just talked about We're now entering into this direct conversation With Allah wa ta'ala. We're entering into a conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now what's interesting, number one, is that the word ihram, the word ihram comes from the root word haram. Haram ka rahim, it means a sanctuary. A sanctuary. A place where you find comfort and and rest and peace. So when you enter into ihram, and takbirus ihram and salah, it's like you're leaving off the stresses of this world and this dunya, and you're entering into the state of comfort. And not only that, literally, literally, ihram means to disengage from something. You know, when do we use hear the word ihram used the most? In hajj, right? When you quote, unquote, wear the ihram. Ihram is actually a state. It's not just the clothes you wear, it's a state. When you enter the ihram, you're disengaging from everything from this world. You don't cut your nails, you don't trim your beard, nothing like that. And you're focused on Allah. And from that point on, when you enter into ihram, you say, لَبَيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ لَبَيْكَ Until the end of hajj. The whole time you're focused on Allah. So here when you say to the ihram we're disengaging from the world and we're entering into the sanctuary, this place of comfort and peace and relaxation, which is known as as-salah. And the ulama even say, what's amazing is that, is that the hand movements itself has meaning. So we're disengaging from the world, but even our hand movements is like we're throwing the world behind us. This dunya, get it off my mind And we say Allahu Akbar And we enter into prayer Beautiful The hand movements itself have meaning And then, now this is what's scary though Remember we already defined what Allahu Akbar means It means Allah is greater Now the question is When we enter into salah Are we lying when we enter into prayer? Can you imagine somebody's gonna talk to Allah And he starts it with a lie What do I mean by lying? Brothers and sisters, if you're coming to prayer and you're saying Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater, but your heart or your mind is thinking about the game, or thinking about the video game, or thinking about, thinking about whatever it is, you're thinking about your school or your work or your children or, or grades or whatever, then you're saying Allah is greater with your tongue, but in your heart, your grades or your school or your work or whatever it is, is actually greater because that's what you're thinking about. So it's as if you're entering into Salah lying. Because what is in the heart is not confirmed by what is on the tongue. So when you enter into Salah, you say, Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater, and it's your reminder, hey buddy, focus. Forget everything else, throw the world behind you, disengage from the world, enter into the sanctuary, and recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more worthy of your attention than anything else. Allahu Akbar. Now, Subhanahu wa him. he says that that when you, when you pray, when you enter into prayer he says when the adhan is called, shaitan runs away. And this is in Bukhari Muslim. And then when the qama is called, shaitan runs away again. In the meantime he came back, then the qama is called, he runs away again. Then when you start salah, you say Allahu Akbar and you join, and you start salah. He says shaitan comes to him and he says, uvkur kala wa kala he says, Shaitan is going to come to you when you start praying and say, Remember that, remember that, remember that one dude who you know, cut you off on the, on the way to the masjid? Just random stuff comes to your mind. Shaitan is the one who's putting those thoughts in your mind. You know what I'm talking about? When you start praying, this is the most random things come to your mind. Shaitan is the one who does that. The Prophet says, Until you don't remember how many rak'ahs you prayed, Shaitan comes to you and reminds you. You know, Abu Hanifa, he was a man. Abu Hanifa was a man. He's like the imam with swag You know what I'm saying like He's just like He's just got the status So this man comes to him He's like Abu Hanifa I need your help He's like I, I have this You know back then There's no banks or anything He's like I have this, hoard, this this Significant amount of wealth I hid it somewhere But I can't remember Where I hid it He's like So you know Can you help me out here Do you have any advice Any dua I can say anything Abu Hanifa You know when you get a prescription from Abu Hanifa Rahimahullah you, you take it and You run with it man. You don't, you don't go for a second opinion Abu Hanifa is a man he, Abu Hanifa tells him Look this is my advice to you after Salat Aisha, you go home. I want you to stand up and pray the whole night long. Pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Pray the whole night long, and inshallah, you'll remember where it is. So the man, he's like, cool. Abu Hanifa, man, he's got like, this. He goes home, Salat Aisha, he prays, he goes home, he starts Allah Akbar. He doesn't even start Fatiha, and he's like, bayum, he remembers where his, his money is hidden. He's like, dude, Abu Hanifa is the man. He just finishes two rakas quickly, comes the next day, didn't pray the whole night long. He's like, Abu Hanifa, you're the man. I remember where I hid my money in the first moment of prayer. You Nobody know, even tells him. He says, I knew you would. Because I knew Shaitan doesn't want you to pray the whole night long. He'll come remind you where you hid your money. And he didn't pray the whole night long. So Shaitan comes to us with the most weird things. And he reminds us of this and that. But understanding, you say, Allah, Allah is greater. You're focusing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you begin your prayer. Now, when you pray, when you're praying, you actually lower your gaze, you look at the place of prostration. Again, like we said, except when you're sitting down, you look at the figure for the tijamah. otherwise you look at the priest of prostration. Now, what's interesting about that is that three things. Number one, lowering your gaze is a sign of love. You know, Amr al House, the kind of the Prophet Sallallahu before Islam, he says, there was no one, no one more hated to me than the Prophet Sallallahu After Islam, there was more, after I became Muslim, there was no one more loved to me than the Prophet, to the point that if you ask me to describe the Prophet, I wouldn't be able to do so. Because I loved him so much that when I would come in his presence, I would feel shy to even look at him. So when you come to Salah, you lower your gaze, number one, the first and foremost reason is, the Prophet said, said, not do it, so you do it. That's it. Just like, why don't you eat pork? Because the Prophet said, so not because of this tapeworm and this disease and this, that. Why do you wear hijab? or oh, modesty. No. The Prophet said, Allah said, do it, do it. Then we have benefits as well. So number one, the Prophet not do it, so we do it. But number one, another point is, is that out of love for Allah, you lower your gaze. Number two, a sign of humility. Do you ever stand before, like, let's say your mother or your boss or somebody, your mother, let's say, a good example, when you're a child, your mother, you know, you broke the vase. And she calls you, Abdullah! He out. Come here, you're in trouble. When you stand before your mom, are you looking up at her like, "Yeah, I broke the vase"? What you gotta do, man? She'll slap you like you never been slapped before. So you do. You look down. You twiddle your thumbs, kind of back and forth, out of humility. So we stand before Allah, humble to Allah subhanahu wa taala. We lower our gaze. Number three, the place of Sajdah is the most awesome part of salat. We'll talk about it. Inshallah ta'ala. If Allah gives us life and ability. Salah, sifta is the most amazing part of salah. So when you're looking down to the place of prostration, it's like you're longing to go to the place that you can't wait to get to. So you lower your gaze in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, when we enter salah, we say a few du'a, and this is in your handout again. Number one, you say, there's three different narrations, you could say any of the three. And I encourage you to memorize all three. So, you don't, when you enter into salah, it's not, you know, autopilot. It's not SubhanAllah. If this is the one you memorize, you just say that every single time. If you memorize the three, choose which one you want to say. Maybe Salaat al Dawr, you're going to say one. Salaat al Asr, you're going to say another. Depending on how you feel. And we'll see what we mean by that. Prophet said in an authentic hadith in Timothy al Nisa'i, in a Hasid hadith, that when you stand for prayer, when he, st- he was stood for prayer, he would say, Subhanakallahu Allahumma wa wa ta'ala jatkuk wa ilaha ghairin. It was Neri al would say that when he stood for prayer, the first thing he would say is, Oh he says, how absolutely perfect you are, O oh Allah, and with your praise I continue, most blessed is your name and exalted and high be your majesty. There's absolutely none worthy of worship except for you. So this one is all about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So maybe you're, you, you, know, you want to praise Allah, you want to thank Allah, you want to say man, maybe you saw a beautiful sight and you're saying, subhanAllah, how perfect Allah is the creator and the sustainer. Then you want to praise Allah, you start with this dua. And you know what's even more amazing, we talked about loving Allah. And standing before Allah out of love. You know what the Prophet said in the Sahih hadith? The same dua. The most loved speech to Allah is this dua. So when you enter prayer, you're worshipping Allah. You want to start with words that He loves the most out of anything else. So you say this dua. He loves this more than any other speech. SubhanAllah, the one who loves Allah will love to say words that he loves to hear. Just like your, your wife or your husband loves to hear certain words like, oh honey, oh you know, sweetie, whatever it is, oh my, the light of my life, then the, all those you know, kind of nice words you say. You say those things because you, you, know, you know your spouse loves that. How should we act with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who we love more than anybody else? آمَنُوا أَشَدُ لِلَّهِ Those who believe are more intense in their love for Allah than anything else. So you start with the words that Allah loves the most and you praise Him. You can also say, that uh, uh another 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 thing that you can say is I have turned my face sincerely towards He who has originated the heavens and the earth. And I am not of those who associate others with Allah. Certainly, my prayer, my sacrifices, my life, and my death are solely for Allah, Lord of the worlds. He has no partner. With this, I am commanded, and I am of the Muslims. So, you also say this dua, and this dua, subhanAllah, affirms your commitment to Allah. So, maybe you feel like you want to reaffirm your commitment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You choose this dua to start your prayer with. A third dua you can mention is. The Prophet said in a, a Sahih Hadith, this recorded by Imam Al-Nasai, that when you stand to pray, you could say, Allahu ma baad bayni wa bayni khutayayik, kama baad tabayil Mashriq wal Maghrib. Allahu ma nakiini min khutayayik, kama yanakiith Abidu min al-Dnas. Allahu afsili min khutayay bil-mai wal-thalji wal-barad. You can say, Oh Allah, put a great distance between me and my mistakes, as great as the distance you have put between the east and the west. Oh Allah, cleanse me of my sins as a white garment is cleansed from filth. Oh Allah, wash away my sins with water and snow and ice. Now this du'a is about forgiveness. So maybe somebody committed sins, and they want to ask Allah to forgive them. SubhanAllah, and by the way, Shaytan, when we commit a sin, Shaytan will come to us and say, don't pray. How dare you stand before Allah and pray to Him when you've done all these bad deeds? Who do you think you are, man? You can't pray to Allah. Bil If you make a mistake, go rush to prayer. If you make a sin, rush to prayer. This is how Allah will wipe away your sins. you الْحَسَنَاتِ يُذْهِبْنَا السَّيِّعَاتِ Good deeds, wipe away bad deeds. So pray to Allah and start with this du'a. Oh Allah, distance me between, the, my, between me and my sins like the distance between the east and the west and cleanse me of my sins with water and snow and ice. So subhanAllah, this is in the handouts again if you, if you want to memorize them, they're in the handouts. So, so you, you choose which one you want to say based on what you're feeling. Not, so again, you're not on cruise control. You're actually thinking about what you're doing in salah.